It's me, DJ Envy, with the word of the day. Subscribe. That's it. That's the word. The Alive Podcast Network is global streaming platform that curates the best black creative content in one spot. Just for you, tap in today for $5 in iOS, Android, and AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Finally, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Welcome back to the Positive Deposits podcast. It's your host, Presley Nelson Jr. I am back again, and we are going to talk about something totally different. And here at this podcast, we transform minds to change lives. And I have a really, really great guest for you tonight. Um, So who I have with me today is Mr. Craig Spinali. Um, And, um, you know, one thing about this, Craig, you know, is that with this podcast, it gives the platform of our courageous conversations, you know. Um, Talking about cancer is very therapeutic, and this is the platform that we have uh, set up, and so, you know, that's why we're here. Um, So I'm going to pass it over to you, you know, to uh, just give a little brief introduction of who you are, and and then we'll jump right into the interview. Okay, thank you, Preston. Thanks for having me on here today. Um, so I, I'm, I live in North Carolina, um, and uh, I've been in North Carolina for, for 28 years. I'm originally from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Very proud of my Boston heritage. Um, I, I hear up, it a little bit. I hear, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, when I start talking a lot and I get excited, I'll use my hands. I drop my R's. You won't, you know, you'll definitely hear my accent. Uh, but uh, but being part of a, a Bostonian is is um, is you know we love our sports culture up there. So even though I lived in North Carolina for 28 years, um, you know the sports culture is still still a part of me. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so so I live here uh, with my wife Gina, and uh, we have two daughters, uh, Jessica and Anna. Jessica is 25 years old, and Anna is uh, 13 years old. I work for a company called Novartis Pharmaceuticals, and I'm very proud to work for Novartis. And part of our discussion today is some of the great things that they've done uh, for me uh, in terms of the breakthrough therapies that they have and, um, and why um, I'm doing so well in, in my fight against cancer. Um, I've been with Novartis for 14 years. It's a, uh, it's a fantastic pharmaceutical company, and uh, like I said, they've done some great things. Um, I don't know, what else do you wanna know? I'm very active. Um, we can get into that a little bit. I've, I've, uh, I've had some major accomplishments here recently. Um, yeah. I've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, we're going uh, to definitely talk about that. Because yeah, oh, you, know, you talk about my bio, that, that right there is, a, is amazing. So, um, you know, let's, let's, let's talk. Uh, let's okay. talk about chronic myeloid leukemia. What is it? You know, because I know that a lot of folks don't know what le- what I have, which is lymphoma, but what is what is CML? So it's it's a uh, it's basically cancer of the of, of the blood. Um, there's several. There's two lineages. There's a lymphatic lineage and the myeloid lineage uh, of your blood. Of you know sometimes the um, your your blood marrow produces white blood cells, 
red blood cells, platelets, and then the other side, the lymphoid side, produces um, uh, white blood cells as well. So it's it's basically a um, a cancer of the white blood cells, um, and so it's chronic, which means um, it's very slow in developing. It's not something that will go away very easily, uh, but fortunately, it's something that can be that can be treated. Um, and, um, and with treatment, I can live hopefully a normal lifespan. Okay. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? I hope I said no, that correctly. No, it, it definitely does. You know, I, I, I looked it up because I, I'm on the other side of the LLS, you know? And right. so, um, uh, I know that it definitely deals with a lot of, you know, the bone marrow, right? And so the right. increasing of white blood cells. So, uh, that was very interesting because for me, it's more of like my B cell you know, the, uh, the lymph right. nodes and the B cells. And so, um, so when were you diagnosed? You know, what age were you at when you were first diagnosed? So I was diagnosed in December 22nd, uh, 2016. Uh, how old was I? I guess I was 52 years old at the time. Well, you look um, great. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, it's, it's from good living, right? I'm taking care of myself. <laughs> so I, at my age, Preston, I appreciate compliments. I do. Um, but yeah, so December 22nd, 2016, um, I was supposed to have back surgery and the back surgery, um, was going to be the week after Christmas. Wow. Well, a few days before Christmas, I got a phone call from, um, a medical assistant. It wasn't a doctor. It was a medical assistant telling me that they had to cancel my surgery because my white blood, my white blood cell count was 73,000. 73,000, right? At the time, I didn't know a lot about that. I said, well, what does that mean? And, you know, and I could hear her on the other line, on the other end of the line. She was nervous, almost shaking. I could almost feel her shaking through the phone. And she said, that means you have lymphoma or leukemia. You should go to your doctor right away. So that's how I found out that I had leukemia is a medical assistant calling me on the phone to cancel my surgery. And, and I felt bad for her. Of course, I felt you know, worse for me, and as, as you know, um, you'll never forget the day you were first diagnosed, the feeling you had, the things you did, um, and um, it was, you know, it was, I, I guess, I, stunning is the, is the word that you would use, so. So, how, exp explain your feeling, right, because when I, when I first got diagnosed, I had, uh, it was, a, I didn't know what it was, I went to the hospital, emergency room, and you know, I watched Grey's Anatomy, right? And so when I hear mass, I already think of cancer, but to, and I was a 29 approaching 30. Now, right. when I found, when he told me, came back with the CT scan and I was, and he said, you know, this could be cancerous, my heart dropped. I was just like, this mm. is crazy. How, what was that right. feeling for you? You know, she said 73,000 and then she was shaking through the phone, but how did you feel? Numb, you know, I was, I was numb. I. I remember that day I was about to meet my wife for lunch and I was on my motorcycle and, and um, I continued on my motorcycle um, and I was just, I was numb that day. I didn't really fully understand what was going on. And uh, I remember taking my motorcycle and meeting her and explaining to her, you know, that something's wrong. I have to go to the doctor right away. And, um, and I got very weepy, you know, I got emotional. I just, you know, I mean, I, I was really just numb and um, not fully understanding or comprehending what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and I was lucky because 
my primary care doctor saw me that afternoon. Okay. And then uh, while we were in his office, he did an additional blood test and he confirmed that my white blood cell count was as high as it was. And the normal range is four to 6,000, just to put that into context. The normal range is four to 6,000 for white blood cells. Four cell. to 6,000 and you were 73,000? Wow. I was at 73,000. And so while we were in his office, he said, um, chances are good that you have what's called chronic leukemia. Um, it's serious, but it's treatable. And then he called a friend of his who is a, I mean, granted, remember, this is, um, he's a third, it was a Thursday or Friday, the weekend before Christmas, right? Right. So, so he did me um, a great favor by calling his friend who's an oncologist, and he agreed to see me that afternoon. So I went from my primary care office directly to an oncology office, and, uh, and he saw me and he said, yeah, you have chronic leukemia. I don't want you to worry. We're going to do a bone marrow biopsy to confirm it, but yeah. we're pretty sure this is what you have, and we're pretty sure that we can treat it. You're going to be okay. And so I felt numb, but I was reassured, which was great because now I'm going into the Christmas weekend with this hanging over my head, but not feeling as bad as I would have felt if that guy didn't see me that afternoon. If I had to see him the day after Christmas, I would have been freaking out all weekend long. You know what I'm saying? No, definitely. Uh, but he was good enough to see me and, and put me at ease and say, we're going to take care of this. And he had confidence. And, and so that confidence, you know, was, was um, relayed to me. And, and I felt better um, during the weekend, for sure. And I mean, I, I, well, I'm glad that you were able to connect with an oncologist like ASAP. Because, you know, sometimes, right. you know, those, take, those, those appointments can be filled. And, you know, just having that access was amazing. Um, so as, as we all know, or for people that don't know, there are certain phases of CML. Where, what phase were you at when they finally did all the, the testing and things of that nature? Right, so there's three phases of CML. There's the chronic phase, there's the um, accelerated phase, and there's what's called the blast crisis. Um, I was in the chronic phase, and if caught in the chronic phase where I'm, where, you know, more of mine was caught, it's very treatable. When you get into okay. the accelerated phase and the blast crisis, then it's a lot more of a serious situation. Okay, okay. So, um, well, thank God for that. Thank right. God for that. Um, so what does treatment look like for the chronic phase? Yeah, so the chronic phase is great because um, about 20 years ago, Novartis came out with a game-changing drug called Gleevec, and Gleevec changed the trajectory for CML patients. The five-year prognosis for CML patients before 20 years ago was, um, um, you know, the, the, the five-year survivability was about um, 30%. Um, okay. Now, because of Gleevec and then second-generation medicines that have come after it, it's a more targeted therapy target, targeting the mutated uh, gene uh, that creates the cancer. Uh, the five-year survivor rate is um, over 90%. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so how, I mean, how, do, how often do you have to take, you know, I mean, is it pill form? Is it liquid? Yeah, so great question, because I didn't do the traditional chemotherapy therapy that you probably did. Yeah. Um, what I do is I take um, a drug called Tosigna, which is a second generation um, uh, drug like Gleevec. And, okay. um, and this second generation drug is a little bit cleaner, a little less side effects. 
in a little bit more efficacy. Um, and it's a pill that I take twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. Um, and um, it's most likely I'll probably be on it for the remainder of my life. There's a chance that I can um, achieve what we call a treatment-free remission. Okay. Um, but not a lot of people do that. About 25 to 30% of people actually get to that point where they can do a treatment-free remission. Uh, but the drugs are um, so good that, you know, the, the long-term side effects, although not really known, but people started taking Gleevec 20 years ago, and they're still alive today, and they're wow. doing well because of it. Um, and so, so I should have a normal lifespan. Um, in fact, I'll probably die of something else one day, you know, years <laughs> from now. We're not worried about that, but in right. um, in in uh, hopefully the CML will not be, you know, not be what it is that takes me out. So, got you. So, when, yeah. am I saying it right? Uh, Gleevec, or is that Gleevec? That's right. So when you when you taking that, I, you know, I, I read in your bio you said that some of the side effects were, you know, kind of intolerable. You know, what what, yeah, was, so, what were some of those side effects? So when I was on Gleevec, um, and like I said, Gleevec was the the groundbreaking drug that Novartis came out with. Um, the side effects were such that um, we ended up switching to to Cigna, which are which are side effects lost. So I went through a lot of GI side effects. Um, mostly, you know, diarrhea and, and things like that. Other side effects um, that seem minor, but for me are significant, uh, like um, muscle cramps and, oh, wow. um, and then puffiness around the eyes. And not that I'm vain, um, Preston, I'm not, you know, but everybody wants to look good, right? Um, and and uh, my eyes were really puffy and, and I didn't realize, I thought I was, I was like, oh, I'm just getting old, you know, but it was a right. side effect of the drug. Um, and uh, um, really, the GI side effects were the worst. The worst things. Does um, GI stand for something, or? Oh yeah, gastrointestinal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, your GI tract. Basically, I went to the bathroom a lot during the day. I see you're trying to. I mean, that's, I like. I see why you said GI. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so during treatment, do you have to get your bone marrow tested a lot? Is it more frequent? So, so there's a there's a marker in the blood that measures the mutated um, um, genes, uh, and um, that marker can be measured with a with a blood test. And so I get my blood tested quarterly, um, and I will, you know, for forever. Um, there may be a chance. I mean, we get to a certain point. I may go twice a year, uh, but yeah, that's that's what I do. I don't have to do a biopsy unless something changes and. Um, and I, you know, and it looks like the disease has progressed and they need to see why, what has changed and, you know, what, if there needs to be something different done with my, with my treatments. Um, but otherwise, just a uh, quarterly or a biannual blood test. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, see, the first time I was diagnosed, it was once every three weeks, but it was more of the aggressive chemotherapy, which sure. was hard so um, right. you, you went know. through something a lot more horrific than I did, my friend. So <laughs> yeah, it was you know. it was it was a, it was a little a big. It was a small giant, I would say. It was a small giant. Right. Um, so you know, you were dealing with cancer. You had these treat. You were having the treatments. What was your support network like? You know, um, what was well, that? That's like? a great question. I, I, I'm glad you asked that question because being surrounded by the right people is so important in life. 
but in particular when you when you're diagnosed with a um, with a disease like cancer. Um, my family has been great. You know, my yeah. wife is always there with me and uh, supporting me, reminding me to take my pills. Oh yeah, um, and in the be <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You don't forget though. I mean, taking your pills becomes part of your routine, and that's what it is for me. But but she'll always remind me. And when we go on vacation, yeah. do you have your pills? You know, and, and make sure because I have forgotten those before, and that's that's kind of a, a pain in the neck to get them FedExed out to you. So. Um, but, but even so, um, we belong to, um, well, I, I should say I, I belong very um, closely with the running community here in Greensboro. Yeah. Um, and the support that I receive from them is fantastic. People always give me encouragement. Um, they've, they've done a couple little articles on me locally here in the newspaper. And so, um, you know, that sort of support um, in, you know, the love that, that people have shared for me just means so much. It, 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 it really gives you a, a boost up, gives you confidence that um, not only in yourself, but the fact that you can go ahead and tackle anything is, is when you've got all the positive people around you. And, and I tell you, one of the greatest thing about runners is that they're all very positive people. And it's that positive energy that you really need uh, when, you're, um, when you're faced with any kind of crisis, but particularly a chronic disease. So um, I love being part of the running community for sure. And, you know, and, and again, I can't stress enough that the love and support that I've gotten from my family as well. So, well, it's important. You, you talk about running, and I know you say you say it real modest. And um, right. you know, I, as I was reading your bio, you you've done a lot with running. You know, you mm -hmm. raised thousands of dollars for LLS. Yeah. You know, yes. your uh, your coach, your marathon coach, and then yeah. you know, how is how big is that? You have a it's called a team and training. Is, is that a big community? You know, for those that don't, you know, haven't ran in a marathon or a race, you know, how big is, um, is that community and how do they, you know, come up and grab arms together? Yeah, another great question. So I love my team and training um, friends and, and team and training is, the, is a fundraising arm for uh, the Lymphoma Leukemia Society, LLS, as you mentioned. And um, there are, you know, across the, across the country, um, that network of people is, is absolutely huge. But, um, but I have a network of friends here in Greensboro that uh, belong to, uh, I shouldn't say belong, but that participate with LLS um, in, through team and training. And, and every single one of them has been touched uh, by lymphoma leukemia in some way. Um, I have been involved with them, ironically enough, since 2005 as a, a participant raising money and like you mentioned, a, uh, a marathon coach. And then ironically enough, I was diagnosed with leukemia back in, you know, back in 2016. Um, but again, those network of friends were, are, really have become some of my closest um, friends um, in the Greensboro area. And, um, and you know, we, uh, a couple of years ago, a group of us from Greensboro went to New York and ran the New York City Marathon and raised close to uh, $40,000 for, for LLS and, um, and had a great time. I mean, New York's a spectacular city. I mean, it's so, so much fun. Uh, but then being with these folks to run the marathon uh, was really a uh, truly special time for me as well. So, and they did it to support me. And that's, that's what meant so much to me. So it was, it was great. Yeah. So um, as far as, you know, <laughs> you know, running and things of that nature. How, so tell us, how many marathons have you ran thus far? I've run five. Okay. Um, which is, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's a low number. 
I run in circles, literally, right? <laughs> that um, talking about your marathons is not a big deal. I mean, yeah, a lot yeah. of people have run double digit. You know, one of my buddies in New York, he's run 20 or so. Uh, that ran New York has run 20 or so marathons. Um, I talked with a guy not too long ago that's just finished his 300th marathon. Uh, so, you know, five um, is a is a uh, low number, but it's it's still I feel like a significant accomplishment. So, um, it's uh, yeah, I, and I don't know if I'm gonna do any more or not. I'm still undecided. So it's, it, oh, it's quite an endeavor. See, you know what, Craig is is you got to because you know I, I when I saw marathon coach, I was like, well, maybe Craig will coach me because I've never but, ran a marathon. I'm never, hey, I'm never if ran. you want to do it, Preston, I'm there with you. I'll okay, help you out. I'm gonna I'm hold you. I'm gonna definitely hold you to that. And um, but you know, you know, I'll, I'll say one thing about that as a coach, and it's a volunteer position. It's not a paid yeah. position, and it's just for team and training um, runners. But one of the greatest satisfaction I get is from taking someone that's never ran a marathon and helping them complete that. Um, and the feeling and emotions they have of satisfaction, for me, that is one of the greatest things in the world. One of the greatest pleasures I have is to help somebody complete that, uh, complete that challenge. So um, I would be thrilled to help you out if you really wanted to do something like that. So. Craig, I'm going to hold you to that because I, I'm, a, I'm a runner by nature, right? And so one of the things during the second time that I uh, beat cancer, I, I just started going back running. So just going to the track and and, and just pushing myself. And I started to notice that, okay, I still got the speed. You know, I was running yeah, miles yeah. in about seven and a half, you know, and so, but I know marathon is all about distance. Yeah, it's and, not about speed. Right. <laughs> so I know I'm gonna have to train myself in a different way, but I definitely yeah. want to, you know, do something like that. Now, um, let me ask you, so how, what is the chances of this like actually coming back, you know? After treatment. Well, it never goes. It never goes away for me. So it'll okay. always be something I deal with the rest of my life. Um, the cancer cells will be in my blood. They'll get to the point where they're barely detectable. Um, but but it'll never go away. It's it, it is a chronic disease. Um, it's different than other leukemias. There's um, there is acute myeloid leukemia, which is the same thing, but it's, it's acute. It's, well, it's not really the same thing. It's, it's right. di different uh, pathogenesis. Um, but um, it's, uh, it's just something I'll deal with for the rest of my life. So, um, but like I said, because of treatments, that's going to be a long, long time. So um, you mentioned, and so you, you are a racer, but talk to me about Mount Kilimanjaro. How, how yeah. did that all come about? Because I seen that and I said, wow, um, that's a lot of climbing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. Uh, so I have a good friend and, um, and I, uh, a kid that I grew up with, my best friend from my youth. Uh, I went up to visit him back in September of 2018 and uh, he didn't know that I was diagnosed with leukemia and I, and I told him and, yeah. and, um, and he said, well, we need to do something. And I said, well, you know, as a matter of fact, um, LLS has this program now where if you want to raise money for LLS, they'll take you to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. And his face lit up. He's like, I'm in. Let's do it. So, so in September of 2018, we said, okay, we're going to go ahead and commit to doing that. And we did. We signed up. Um, and, um, and boy, we went in March 2020. So it was just three months ago that we, uh, that we went. 
And it felt like such a long time from September 2018 to March 2020, the anticipation of wanting to go. Yeah. Uh, but but we got our we got our act together. Uh, we made it to Tanzania uh, at the beginning of March, and um, you know, we ended up uh, you know summiting um, a few days later, so about a week and a half later, a week later. So was it easy? Was there a moment where you you know like in cliffhanger like Sylvester Stallone like you, you you know you slipped a little bit was was any cliffhanger like you know <laughs> no it's so Kilimanjaro is is um, technically not difficult um, in terms of um, you know having to scale rocks or use ropes things like that I'm not clipping onto anything it's really a um, it's a hike up a mountain and it, it takes six and a half days to get up and then you uh, hike down at one and a half. Uh, the reason why it takes so much longer to get up is because you have to acclimate to the altitude um, as you um, as you try to reach the summit. Um, there were some really difficult days. There was days where at the end I'm like, what did I what did I get myself into? Um, you must say, what the hell days. did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, I mean for sure. I mean you know, uh, summit day was was. Um, Obviously, a day I'll never forget. It was it was um, more of a challenge than I was expecting. You start off uh, well, you know, before summit, the, the night before, you have a dinner, and you have a guide, and the guide sits down and kind of goes over everything to expect uh, right. um, on summit day. And then it, then they come into your tent and they check your gear, make sure you have all um, all the clothing that you need and the, that that you will be warm enough. Um, and then you sleep about three hours and they wake you up at 11 o'clock that night and then you have something to eat. And then at midnight, you start hiking um, the last three and a half miles, four miles. OK, and grant and keep in mind, this is the steepest part of the mountain. And we're doing this in the total darkness. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And um, and so we're, we're hiking and. Uh, Boy, it was hard. You got to go slow. Poly poly is what the Tanzanians say, being slower, slower. They kept saying that. Poly poly. You got to go see, slow. You were trying to run up there. See, that's what, that's what happened. You were trying to race <laughs> yeah. up to the uh, top. It's like, slow down, slow down. Well, I, the first couple of days was like that. But by the time we got to summit day, I was all about going slow. I was in no rush. So, <laughs> um, anyways, we arrived. Um, at a um, at a place uh, called Stella's Point, which is about 35, 40 minutes from the actual summit. Um, but most of your steep climbing had been done. And then you walk across this ridge, like I said, for about a, a little over a half hour longer um, to hit the summit. And as we're doing that, the sun is rising over Africa behind us. So the sun is starting to rise as we're walking across the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, it was so beautiful. Um, it was such a, an intense challenge, um, and you factor that in that I'm with this group of people, and there ended up being five of us together on the mountain um, yeah. with our, you know, and then, then we had our Tanzanian um, um, guide group. Um, but we, as we're walking across the ridge, um, with the sunrise behind us about to summit, I was, I was crying. I was weeping. I was, you know, I was so emotional because it was such a beautiful um, powerful moment for me and um, and for the folks that I was with, we all hugged each other. And I could feel them yeah. crying too, and um, it was really amazing. It's um, it was really it's one of the greatest things I've ever done. There's no doubt. Um, what, was the, what was the first thought in your mind when you got to the top? I know you were, <laughs> on, 
but what what were you thinking? What where was your mind at that place? Did you think about you know the the fight against leukemia? Like where yep. where were you at? And that was it. You know, it's like I didn't. I, I'm here. I used a few salty words. There's no doubt about it. But <laughs> I was like, I did it. I overcame this. I over, I'm I'm battling leukemia. You know, I'm I'm defeating this. Um, and I felt like really unstoppable at that point. It, it was that's that's why it was such an amazing feeling because I felt great. I really did. And and uh, and uh, <clears throat> you know. I, Nothing's going to slow me down. And that's, and that's kind of the feeling that you had. So uh, it was fantastic. So, you know, um, that's, that's amazing, man. You know, one day I will climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, I'm you like, should. It's I, such I, a great experience. Especially if LLS is, you know, um, supporting some programs like that. That would be awesome. Um, as yeah, I was, so, go ahead. Well, let me just mention about LLS and that. And so, we, uh, we climbed and, uh, and again, it was to raise money for LLS and the group that I was with, we raised over $50,000 for, for LLS. And, um, and so we were very excited about that. It was, that's also an accomplishment within itself. And so, and this is without, this is without corporate sponsors. This is just individuals donating their own personal money to our endeavors, you know, and to our, into our mission. Um, so that's, that's, I think that part of the fundraising is what I'm most proud of is, is I didn't get big, huge corporate sponsors to, to yeah. fund my um, the fundraising. It was, it was all individuals that reached out to me and said, hey, I want to give you money to support you. And so um, it, was, it was, you know, very proud of that. Awesome. Awesome. So let me ask you this. What are some, what are some things to look out for, you know, with leukemia or, um, you know, Obviously, you won't know until you are diagnosed, but what are some side effects or what are, what, what would some things that uh, people should look out for, you know, just to say, you know what, maybe I do need to go to the doctor and get this checked out. So it's a great question because um, in my disease in particular, there's a lot of um, symptoms that you may have that you don't recognize as being something that should be um, looked at. And, okay. and one of the things that I had quite a bit of, and I didn't realize it was a symptom, was night sweats. Wow. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and my shirt would be wet. Yeah. Um, and, um, or my, my sheets would be wet. Uh, and that is a symptom of chronic leukemia. Um, fatigue is a, um, is a big symptom if you feel tired. Um, obviously, if you do labs and your, your white blood cell count is elevated, then that's a, um, you know, that's an easy symptom to, to look at and say, okay, there's a big issue going on here. Uh, but if anybody feels that kind of fatigue and they have something unusual going on, perhaps headaches or something like that, then they should uh, probably go and, and, you know, talk to their family doctor that, uh, about that. These, you know, they can do a simple blood check and, um, and find out if, if something more than just um, whatever, you know, something yeah. else going on. So let me ask you this, you know, Obviously, maybe the word got out or people found out about it. Did people tiptoe to ask you about it? Was it? No. Like, how did you Not really? It? Yeah. I, I, you know, I think <clears throat> because I've done some of the things that I've done in terms of fundraising, um, you know, I, we put on a race every year um, in Greensboro. It's a 5K and a 10K. Um, and, um, and the race is a... a um, raise to raise money specifically for the lymphoma and leukemia society. Um, and, um, and 
I was very vocal about my disease, I think. And so, um, and so people were not really hesitant to ask me about it because I always felt comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Um, mostly as, you know, marketing for our race, you know, I was, like I said, I was on the local news, um, and, um, and, you know, the, the running, uh, um, uh, sports editor here in Greensboro wrote an article about me. So, um, so I don't think people are really too, um, timid to ask me, Hey, how you doing? Uh, because I think it's pretty well known. Of course, social media, right? I've, I've yeah. publicized and, and I, and I try not to overdo it. Um, Preston, and I think this is a good point of clarification because I don't want the disease to define who I am for sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's something I have and I use it as a tool to, to raise recognition and um, also raise money for the LLS. Um, yeah. But I don't want to overdo it because I don't want it to be something that like uh, people associate me specifically with, um, with the, the, the um, with the disease. So yeah, does that make sense? No, it definitely does. Definitely does. Now, you know, as a survivor to a survivor, mental, our mental mindset is very, very important during this, you know, mm -hmm. how, how was, was your mental uh, health during treatment and how is it now, you know, that this is ongoing, you know, you're going to have to be on treatment, you know, until yeah, I mean, you, don't have to. you have to stay positive, right? Um, for a few reasons. I, I think, um, your attitude is self-fulfilling, right? What you believe is going to happen is usually what happens, right? Yep. If you have negative thoughts and usually negative things happen to you. If you have positive thoughts, then, um, then, then positive things happen to you. Right. So, so that's important. And I think that when you try to remain positive, then your actions, your activities, and your, everything that you do in your life also remains positive. And you do more positive, more value, um, more valuable things to, um, you know, more activities like that. So um, I always try to stay positive. And I yeah. think that's the key to tackling any kind of adversity. And certainly any kind of sickness is a, is a big adversity or, or a crisis. Um, so if you want to really in, um, endure through that, you got to keep that attitude um, um, in a positive way. So, so you know, and, and you say... You mentioned a lot about positivity, positivity. Right. Were there any other negatives that, you know, would come your way? You know, would, did, did anybody say, hey, oh, you have leukemia? Oh, no, you know, like, or was it well received? Because, you know, I know for me, once I told uh, some folks, it was either they tiptoe or they were scared of like, you know, and I had to keep on energizing myself. But did you ever encounter any of those roadblocks or? Not really, because whenever people ask me about that, the first thing I try to tell them is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to do well. I'm doing great. Nothing to worry about with me. And I, and I yeah. really made that a point of emphasis that um, I have a disease, um, and, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay. There's, there's no need to worry about me. And, and I think that is uh, always important to, to, um, to be that way up front with everybody that you approach. Um, or everybody that approaches you about your sickness. So, um, so I try to, I try to always be, uh, have a positive mindset in everything I delivered to the people around me. Um, and I think because of that, their response back to me remained positive uh, the majority of the time. Um, I'm fortunate, you know, I mean, I, you know, having leukemia is not lucky, right? Yeah. But I think I'm fortunate the fact that I have a leukemia that 
can be treated um, and that can be controlled. Um, I will be on um, therapy for the rest of my life, most likely. That's unfortunate. Um, but the rest of my life should be a normal lifespan. So that's fortunate too. So, so I feel lucky the fact that if you're going to get a disease that is a serious one, such as leukemia, um, that you're able to manage it without, um, you know, without a lot of, you know, adversity or, right, um, right. you know, whatever. So, well, Craig, I always, I'm a firm believer. You are what you eat. And especially, mm-hmm. you know, I had to change my diet tremendously. Right. Are you eating everything organic now? No. Well, you should be. <laughs> I, I do don't now. But let, let's talk Not about everything. That. I shouldn't say. How, that. how was your diet? Did you have to do a drastic diet change? I know you were doing marathons, so maybe you didn't. But what should yeah. your diet be like? You know, if you have CML. So I don't know that you have to do it. I didn't do anything drastic because you're right. I, you know, I've been a. Um, I started running back in 2011, and so I try to eat healthy and remain healthy. And dieting is such an important part of um, of staying healthy. And, and you know, and dieting is also an important part of keeping a positive attitude because yeah. you feel better when you eat right. And if you eat right, it's easier. I mean, if you feel better, if you eat right, you feel better. If you feel better, you have a you're better off. It's easier for you to maintain that positive attitude. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and so, uh, and so, you know, I've always tried to focus on eating the right things, but I will say since my diagnosis, I eat a lot more organic stuff because, you know, and I know it's just chance that I, that I, um, contracted CML. Um, but I, I did ask myself a lot, why would I get this? I'm a healthy guy. I've run marathons and I had already at that point run four marathons. Um, so, uh, so, you know, I, I changed to, to mostly organic because there's so much chemical in our food that the, you know, the yeah. government allows. So, um, well, I'm sorry, I, I got my train of thought lost because <laughs> I had some emails coming in over my, my system. No, here, you're okay, so you're okay. Distracted so- me. I hope you guys didn't hear that noise that my tones. No, you're fine, you're fine. Okay. So organic, <laughs> organic is the way. And so organic well, vegetables. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, you know, there's, I think that in my mind, and that, you know, and I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a food expert by any means, but in my mind, um, you know, the, um, the conventionally grown stuff is is grown with with chemical fertilizers and um, and I, I, you know, somewhere in the back of my mind I'm thinking you know there has to be some sort of connection between what I'm eating in, in my diagnosis and so I switched over to to mostly organic foods not a hundred percent I mean nothing's ever a hundred percent I still go to the local uh, um, you know pub for wings and beer on Friday nights well I did before the before the quarantine, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and that's obviously not the highest quality food, but, but for the most part, I follow, I try to follow an 80, 20 rule where I eat, um, 80% of my meals, clean organic food. Um, and then, you know, 20% the other stuff that we enjoy, right? The junk. Yeah. <laughs> so here are positive deposits. Um, you know, we live, live by transforming minds to change lives. So right. It, in the and you know one of the things about that is as you see the logo right so this is just the positive energy that comes to that you know 
can make uh, anyone smile. Give us two to three things that you would say are your positive deposits if, if you're going through leukemia. What would those things be? Positive deposits, okay. Well, my, you know, a positive attitude, absolutely, right? So okay. that would be the, the biggest thing is, is you know, and I, I think a little bit of self-talk is always beneficial to say, hey, I'm okay. This yep. is, I'm going to beat this. Not a big deal. This is serious, but, but I'm tough, right? So, so that kind of positive self-talk always is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't express um, the importance of diet and exercise enough, um, whether you have a disease or not. Um, but, but I think overall, everybody feels better. Um, mentally and physically when they exercise regularly and when they eat properly. Um, and, and that, you know, that goes a long way throughout everybody's life um, until, you know, until you, you grow into old age. You know, the most yeah. active people in their 80s are people that exercise so much um, while they were getting older. Um, not overdoing it, but staying active. And that's so, so critically important. Um, just not just for your physical health, but for your mental health. You stay positive when you do positive things for yourself, like exercise. Um, and then, and then the third thing, uh, Preston, um, and I can't. It's Presley. As well. It's Presley. Oh, are you kidding me? I've been saying it wrong the whole time. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. I probably should have said that earlier. It's okay. <laughs> um, all right, Presley, you know, <laughs> surrounding yourself with good quality people. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in finding a network of friends that you know that are going to support you no matter what, through thick and thin, and, and that they're also positive. The negative people in your life, you've got to just drop them. You've got to put them by the wayside because they're not going to benefit you in physical and mental health. You need people that are going to be positive, uh, that are going to share a lot of love with you, um, and good positive energy, and, and you know that also includes your family. And so, um, it, it, but the interesting part about family is, when you're positive to them, they're going to be positive in return. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's the network of people that you have around you that's uh, that's critical. And if you focus on those two things, three things, yourself, positive energy, diet and exercise regularly, and positive people around you, boy, I think you can handle anything. Well, you heard it from Craig himself. Positive energy, diet and exercising, and making sure your circle is positive as well. So, Craig, it's been amazing to talk about your journey. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you are a a survivor like myself, and I salute you. Um, You know, where can we find your work? Because I know you do photography. You know, what's your IG? Tell the people where they can, you know, follow you and (laughs) things of that nature. Um, I, I don't, I don't do a lot of social media. I mean, I have a Facebook page. Um, we have a, uh, so my wife and I have a photography, um, um, company that, that really we focus on local races. We don't do a lot of photography other than we shoot local races. So if you come to Greensboro and you run a, um, a half marathon, then we'll take your picture most likely. Okay. Um, the name of the, the name of the business is Fire Eye Studios. Uh, but we don't really, we have a website, but we don't, it's not really active because most of our photography is just, uh, you know, local races. It's something that we really enjoy though, because 
we are part of the running community when we do that, even though we're not running. And, um, um, and we've been doing that now for six or seven years, I guess. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, gets okay. us out on a, early on a Saturday morning. My wife and I get to do something together. And, um, and we do something that we really enjoy. And we're around people that, um, that, you know, that, are, that are great. The running community, like I said, is, um, is always surrounded by great positive people. So um, well, Craig, that's I'm it. <laughs> hey, any, you, anybody's welcome to connect with me on Facebook. Um, that's okay. really the only social media that I, that I, that I use. So um, it's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you heard them, right. you can catch them on Facebook, you know, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I want to send a special shout out to my producer, Lauren. She's a part of the team and you know, um, you can subscribe this, you can definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our website is coming and you know, here at Positive Deposits, we transform minds and change lives. So thank you for uh, being our guest tonight, uh, Craig, and then we'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. And don't forget, I, I am gonna uh, tap on your shoulder to run that marathon, so. Yeah, anytime, when you're ready, just let me know. Okay. Uh, thanks All for right. having me. Thank you, thank you.